Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Welcome to the show. I am determined that any time this show sucks, it's your fault. Right before we went on the air, he said, I think this is going to be a good one. And I said, if we don't screw it up. And that's what led to that comment, mm-hmm. just for our audience yeah. that wasn't privy to the pre-post. But I'm just saying, the pre-show. I so. am on my game. When the light go, If we had a light that went on when the recording started. Mm, that'd be fun. If we had one, when the light goes on, I'm on. When, I, I'm on. when the light goes on, I shrivel and shrink away. Yes. I don't like the light. Which is why I like the darkness. Half the show sucks a lot of times. All I'm saying is you're to blame. So today we're talking about conflict in marriage. That's fun. Which is a, a weird topic, I know, to talk about when you're talking about marriage since very few people experience it. But for those of you that are, here's what those of us who see people who come in for marriage counseling, it is virtually universal. Because we don't struggle with it personally. <laughs> no, we're talking about you people. The simpletons. Yes, the riffraff. Fringe. So when these couples come in, they both come in. They're both surly. They sit at opposite ends of the couch. Oftentimes, they will take the pillows and they'll build a wall in between them on the couch. And then they each, internally anyway, if not literally, point a finger at the other person saying, they're the problem, they're the reason we're here, and the sooner, counselor, you fix them, the sooner we'll be gone. And you can tell that when they're at home, and we've mentioned this before, but they fall into this attack, defend, attack, defend. We attack the other person for what we perceive they've done that is wrong. They do not agree that what they did was wrong, or if they did, there was a really good reason for it, and so they defend themselves. And we just fall into that category. We've uh, we've also mentioned this before, but it bears repeating. If you remember Anthony Hopkins, who played Hannibal Lecter, when asked why he played Hannibal Lecter that way, He said, well, you never play a villain like he's the villain. He said, because the villain is the hero of his own story. That's true of all of us. You remember the most random quotes. Yes. Yes, I do. Jimbo. Which really helps me in Trivial Pursuit. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on. Jimbo can't find his keys when he needs to. He can't remember what he had for breakfast 30 minutes later. I mean, I'm just trying to think of examples, but, but you can remember... An Anthony Hopkins quote from, from Silence 1987. Of the Lambs. Yeah. It's just impressive. Or I completely made that up and no one's <laughs> going to even try to verify. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins, Dobson, and yourself. <laughs> Those are my three go-tos. All of us do that. All of us have, most of us, all of us have a really kind of good view of ourselves. And so since I'm a good person, I'm not just going to go out and do a bad thing. So if I do a bad thing, it's someone else's fault. And so it really does become this, when there's a problem, when there's conflict in the marriage, we go for the jugular in our spouse before considering ourselves. And to share a personal example, I mean, 
to share something of somebody else that I heard Another once. simpleton. This wife and this man, okay, that's going to get confusing. Yeah. Myself and my wife did re-engage. It's kind of this marriage but, group so counseling we'll just, experience we'll just call at your church. call wife Katie. Yeah. Okay. Quote, unquote. Just refer to it as Katie. Katie. And it's kind of this six months group kind of CR, Celebrate Recovery for Couples. It took me, so it's six months. It took me half of the program. I was three to three and a half months in until the light bulb went off that I was the problem within my marriage. And she would sit here and say the same thing. It dawned on her that she was the problem. We both went into this assuming the other person was at fault for the negativity of our marriage. It is like breathing (laughs) us blaming our spouse for the problems within our marriage. Because we, to Anthony's point, are the hero of our story. And so it's super easy to do. It is. And if you think about it, and you said freeing uh, that is how how uh, exhausting is it to be right and true and correct and noble and perfect all the time all the time all day all week all month all year all decade all lifetime to always be correct so here's how i see the problem with this way of of approaching conflict in our marriage first we got to understand that wagging never works Wagging never works. Put it on a bumper sticker. When we come at somebody, say, mm, you're better half, and we're wagging a finger at them that what they are doing is wrong, you must stop. How am I going to have to tell you again? You got three fingers pointing back at yourself. Every mm-hmm. time, wagging never works. I can't imagine, and and your mother and I are approaching here in about six, no, yeah, six months-ish, we will be together 40 years. I cannot remember one time, either one of us wagging a finger at the other, pointing out the misbehavior in the other, that the other of us went, oh my gosh, you're right. Thank you for being God's instrument of correction in my life. I shall now go and repent of my sins. It doesn't happen. It never happens, and it never will happen. Self-righteousness never works. Let me, the perfect one, point out how you're wrong. That never works. Sue Johnson, um, uh, who wrote Hold Me Tight, and, you know, we could do a whole series on her demon dialogues. That actually would be a cool thing to do. We could do her a whole series on emotionally focused couples therapy. Yes. That really would. That would be cool to do that. But she talks about how when we blame the other person, she calls this one demon dialogue, find the bad guy. Or you could call it, it ain't me. And she says, you know, that blaming becomes this automatic coping response during conflict. We don't even think about it. We don't even ponder, evaluate whether it's automatic that it wasn't me, it was you. Or if it was me, you're a hypocrite because you've done the same thing. It's just automatic. We don't even consider the possibility that we're at fault. Well, and you mentioned how exhausting it is to be the perfect one. I actually see it different than that. How lazy is it? Because you sit on your high horse and ask your spouse to jump through hoops to change, and you don't have to change. For me, part of the problem is this, this creates a convenience where you don't have to work. You just sit and you blame, and if only my spouse would change, then our marriage would be better. And so it's it's almost this conditional love where I'll, okay, I, I, I'm not perfect. 
I'll give lip service to that. I love when they that. lead with yeah. that. I'm now, not I'm perfect. not perfect, but... And so it's this lip service to I need to change, but I'm only changing if they change. And it's this laziness within marriage that ensues, I think, is the biggest problem. In addressing this, especially from more of like a biblical, and I'm, I'm extremely um, holy, um, and therefore... I peruse scripture all the time. I, I don't need to. I do it just kind of because I'm bored because that's, I have most of it that's memorized. That's your breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. It's just scripture. Um, yeah. Kind of like the Holy Spirit this breathes is the into. Air I breathe. Come on. Oh, remember I that? Got, the 90s? I do remember that. Your Holy Spirit <laughs> living da, in da, me. Down with the DC tour. <laughs> da, da, down with the. Oh, we could go there. Light the fire, so light the fire in my come on, Jimmy, in my soul. We're making fun. No, I'm 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 worshiping. Okay. That is my breathing. I'm making fun. Our Back. our listeners, their breathing is blaming their spouse. <laughs> yes. Here's a scripture. Your scripture. Mine is worship. 1990s worship. Yeah. If we look in scripture, gosh, I, and we've said this before, but if you want a passage that is the perfect, forget leave and cleave. That's that shouldn't even be considered when it comes to Bible verses about marriage. The primary Bible verse, and everyone, and I suggest this in all honesty, you need to take Matthew 7, 3 through 5, and you need to print it off and put it on the mirror of your bathroom. I did not think you were going to say that. So what? You always say Brandon on your frontal lobe. Yes. I thought that's where you were going with that. Do that, right? Well, this is kind of actually more practical. You do it, and then you (laughs) see it. Not that branding on your frontal lobe is a little painful, but... This is more because you put it there, you put it in your car, so that you read Matthew 7, 3 through 5 multiple times every day. And it says, and I quote, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. I'm telling you, this may be the greatest single Bible verse or verses as it pertains to marriage in the entire Bible. Eggridge didn't find it with love and respect in Ephesians. Nope. We Swing and a miss. found it. Mm-hmm. We need to write a book called yes. Plank and Speck. Plank and Speck. Right in there with love and respect. It's well, it'd be a better than love and respect. Plank and speck. <laughs> like a, a glockenspiel. It's a plank and speck. <laughs> Jesus, as, as he was thinking about marriage and how to help us on this podcast today, he aligned it just this way. First, he said, look at and and look at your brother, and we pay no attention to ourselves, which is kind of what we were talking about. It's an automatic. We look at them. And we don't even consider our own plank. We're, we're focused on their speck. And again, he says, first, take the log out of your own before you take the speck out of somebody else's. So you're supposed to focus on you. Focus on you. I'll focus on me. You focus on you. It's important, again, and he's just outlining that we have to first look at ourselves. And, and, and keep in mind, for someone who is all about the other person changing what they're doing while we ignore ourselves... Keep in mind, Jesus reserves the word hypocrite. Doesn't use that very often. Very seldom does he use it. It's, it's right in there with brood of vipers. Yeah, it's just the Pharisees and our listeners. Yes, all of you, uh, especially if you're Baptist, you just tend to be Pharisees. <laughs> and so if you're listening, he says, you hypocrites. 
And again, he that is such a, a strong word for Jesus to use, but that's kind of like he feels about it when there we are wagging our fingers at someone else while we're doing the exact same thing or even worse, and we completely ignore ourselves. You're going back to myself and feeling like it was my wife's fault, part of the realization that I was to blame, I, I, I felt like she was lucky to be with me. Yes. <laughs> You're a like, Myers. Literally, you know, oh my gosh, I married up, you know, men will say often. So I'm like, well, Katie kind of married up. Because <laughs> I am all that. And, and then that's some. the sad part of this pathology, is you feel like your spouse is lucky to have you. Yeah. And it's true, but the opposite is also true. Y'all are lucky to have each other, and you, you can't come to that conclusion if you're sitting there on that high horse blaming. I guess the last thing that Jesus said in verse 5 is he said, look, first take the plank out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly enough to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So again, it's sort of like the the air mask on a on an airplane. Take care of yourself first, and then the children. So it he's emphasizing over and over and over. Look at you. 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 Consider it's you, and you only can consider if it's you if you look at you before you want to take the speck out of your your spouse's eye. If we keep in mind that wagging, because people say all the time, you know, we argue, we never resolve anything. Well, what's there to resolve? I mean, if we're coming people with a wagging finger, the only way this resolves is them going, my Lord, you're right. You're here. Let me kiss your foot and admit that you're right. And please, from now, I'm just going to look to you and you just rubber stamp all my behaviors because you obviously see the world so much clearly, so much clearer than I do. It's a paradigm that never has or never will work. You mentioned looking at you, re-engage again, the, the CR kind of ministry for couples. It's out of Watermark in Dallas, but we have it at several churches here in Austin. And one of their rules is to draw a circle around yourself, and when talking, only talk about the person in the circle. You mentioned you focus on you. It's essential, and it was essential for that experience for Katie and I to go through. You know, every question wasn't, well, this is how my spouse is doing. It's, well, this is how I'm doing here. There are times in, in, in counseling where I'll say, okay, guys, today is a criticism-free zone. You are not allowed to say anything critical of your spouse, not in recounting a story, not in a passive-aggressive way. Uh, and I'm going to stop you, so don't get mad at me because I'm going to stop you when I hear you say something that is negative. And there's times I'm thinking they're going to leave the room. They can't, they can't talk without being critical of their, they can't say anything. There's nothing they can say. And they'll start down a story about something and then just try, try to work around the end of saying something and I'll stop them. And it's like, they don't even know how to talk about their relationship without being critical of their spouse. I love that thing of drawing the circles around your spouse. You know, Mark Batterson, his book, Circle Makers, uh, was huge a um, couple, two, three years ago. Yes. Sorry, I was just shaking my head at you. I needed to give a verbal affirmation oh, for an gotcha. auditory. So we went through kind of that book at church through a sermon series, and and Randy said, you know, I want you all to go out, and I just want you to draw circles around what it is that you're claiming and praying for. And so, and then send your pictures in, and then we would show them every week people 
with their families. Name with, it and claim with it. Granny, you know, in the nursing home, and there's all these different things. So I sent a picture in of me having some sidewalk chalk, and I'm drawing a circle around a scratch off lotto machine at HEB. <laughs> and he wouldn't show it. He wouldn't show it. <laughs> Even though I was going, guys, I'm telling you, if I win the, the big ball, I tithe. You're going to get the 10%. I tell Maybe God. Maybe even Spinal Tap, turn it up to 11. <laughs> Maybe even 11%. Every time when it comes, you know, it's a billion dollars in the Powerball, I keep saying, God, I'm going to tithe off of this. So it's a win-win. As part of my solutions, first of all, accept that you're the problem within your own marriage. Your spouse is also the problem. Don't don't get us wrong. I, I can picture some people in an abusive relationship going, no, no, you don't, you don't get it. No, no, no. We get it. Your spouse is also in the wrong, but you're going to get nowhere. It's going to be a standstill in marriage if you constantly point out your spouse's faults. You've got to admit you're the problem, and so does your spouse. What is it? There is a Holy Spirit, and you are not Him. And then ultimately, I think a really good practical thing, so potential practical takeaways is the circle around yourself. It's the cognitive acknowledgement that um, you're the problem. Printing off Matthew 7, 3 through 5, taping it on your bathroom mirror. Of course, there's Scripture. There's Jimbo's solution. My breathing, my breath. His breathing, his Mm -hmm. breath, his his scripture. (laughs) But also, any argument or any problem that you and your spouse sit down to discuss, you shouldn't end the conversation until both of y'all apologize for something. I get it. Your spouse might be the one that started the issue by doing something stupid, but you didn't react to it well. You didn't perceive it 100% correct. You have fault within that issue, even if your spouse perpetuated the issue or, or started the issue. And so it's important that when you're sitting down, talking through what happened, apologizing, for, that both of y'all are apologizing for your part that you played in whatever the issue is, because you're both to blame. Okay, now I can, I see right now, I can see just the light, you know, flickering in the eyes of so many of the wives that are listening, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're going, oh my gosh, I've got to get my husband to listen to this. <laughs> and so I'm with you. So here, here we go. I'll pause here while you're getting ready and you're, you're taping it off or you're, you're, you're emailing him the link of where he can listen to this. Because now, and let me now address the husbands, because I assume now that the husbands are listening at the prompting of your wife. It's about you. It's about get off her back. Quit wagging your finger. Quit playing like you're, uh, you know, king of the jungle and know that it's about you. Get the plank out of your eye before you focus on the teeny tiny little speck in your wife's eye. Now, wives, how do you feel? Feel Yeah, that feels better. Because I've delivered the message. Now, can I speak to the wives? Please. It's about you. You're the problem. (laughs) Quit acting like you're the Queen of Sheba. Okay, so just do a self-assessment. Three questions to ask yourself to see if you're struggling with focusing on the plank or the speck in your spouse's eyes and not the plank in your own. The plank and Question number one, are you breathing? Yes. Question number two, do you have a pulse? Yes. Okay. Then you probably are struggling. No, I actually have other questions, but those are actually Mm -hmm. pretty valid if you're breathing on this planet in marriage, you're struggling with this. But, and you have a plank. But a couple of more questions. Do you focus on your spouse's faults more often than you're thankful for him or her? Okay, let me say that again. Do you focus on their faults more often than you're thankful for him or her? And two, I guess just a second follow-up question. Do you spend more time believing that your spouse is lucky to have you than you do the other way around? 
if it's yes to one or any of those questions, then you're probably struggling with focusing on their spec rather than your plank. If you want more information about this episode, Jimbo, you got anything else before we close? No, that's it. If you want information about this episode or anything previous, it's paradoxpodcast.com. If you want help, if you identify that you struggle with this and want help, don't call us. Don't go to timothycenter.com We'll call you. Yeah, we'll call you. Yeah. We don't necessarily want it. Mm -mm. No, joking. We've actually been highly sarcastic today. We have. And we apologize for that. It's our fault. No, it's yours, actually. (laughs) You were much, much more sarcastic. You can also find us on our socials at ParadoxPodcast.com. We appreciate you listening. We love if you'd review the show and share it. See ya. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to TherapyWithBilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to JulieLylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to ParadoxPodcast.com. 